You are now listening to the Purpose Edit Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets and successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Status Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. I would ask you what's up, homie, but you're on the phone, so I'll wait. Yeah, no, my wife called me with questions. All good. All good. Tell sis I said, hey, how you holding up, homie? I, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. Um, had a had a rough one last week, bro. Um, a rough one? Yeah, it was rough. I you had a presentation with... Uh, I was doing a, I was uh, leading a professional development with, uh, let's say, uh, uh, just a group of my peers, people I used to, and I was nervous coming in because I just wanted to make sure I added value. And I knew that there were some potential bombs and blow ups in the room that could possibly, and it, and it blew up. (laughs) So it, um, it blew up. Yeah, so, you know. So, did it, now, stuff can can blow up in situations and it not be the end of the world or the worst case scenario. So, the level of blow up, was it 10 or was it closer to 1? It was maybe a 5 or 6, and the positive is that we were able to get it back, but I think at the root of the blow up, it just proved what I thought correct, that in mindset, we're just 25 years behind everybody else. And that, Mm. for me, what made it so draining. Mm. This is you're referring to the development session with your peers that with our, with, well I, I'll, I'll even generalize or un, will generalize a little bit more i was referring to basically our community one of the mm. biggest things that i've learned since working at hbcu you know I, I heard this phrase for the first time when covid hit it said when um white people catch a cold black people catch pneumonia we, we 25 years behind bro like just mm. on a lot of different and it, it's frustrating to watch and and people may not want to hear it, and people are going to tell me, uh, you know, save save your messages. I understand the whys, right? I understand the whys, but at what point do we we flip the switch and start moving in the right direction and doing the things we need to do? Yeah, like we understand yeah. all the systemic stuff. Um, we understand that, but like at some point, it's just like we got to be tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So your awareness, your awareness is already raised. We are aware of the issues. At what point do you start taking action? What at what point do you start transforming awareness into action? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. No, I can I can totally see that. I can totally see that, man. Um, you know, we were talking offline. Good conversation. And 
we we stopped realizing that we hadn't even started the show. So you mentioned you had a what blew your mind that I am absolutely dying to know. So two words, accountability or casualties. Mm. And and the thought that blew my mind was <clears throat> if you don't take accountability for or of the people around you, eventually you're going to be a casualty for and of the people around you. If you don't take accountability for the people around you, eventually you're going to be a casualty of the people around you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And hallelujah. that'll preach all by itself. But say more. <laughs> say more. Why did that blow your mind? It, it just I um, get it. <laughs> we were having a conversation offline and and part of it was it was just about the people around us so the other day there was a bit of a blow up in one of my classes where it was basically said somebody in leadership hated everybody there and didn't care mm. And the person said he they understood why the person hated everybody and didn't care. Now, my question is, what does it say about you if you align with a person who hates everybody and didn't care? Man, I don't know if God just wants us to travel along the same path at the same time or not. If we were supposed to be twins. <laughs> in this same week I just heard this quote you're either coaching it in or you're allowing it to happen happen and I told I told my my, my new band director that this week same exact quote either you coach it or you condone it one of the two one yeah. of the two and so to your point right you're you're eventually going to be a casualty of the people that you see are doing things that are not aligned with your goals, your ambitions, your, your, whatever, your aspirations. And if you don't change something, again, it goes back to, if you can't change the people around you, then maybe you need to change the people around you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's perfect. When I think about today's topic, purpose of the combo i shot you the topic of discipline of a loser discipline of a loser so you know winners and losers is typically where the line is drawn uh in many places for for anything whether we talk about sports and competitions um of that sort or just who is successful and who is not right so i'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna start this conversation off with this question when you think about the characteristics that typically separate winners from losers what are some of the characteristics that come to mind for you consistency discipline follow through uh open-mindedness mm -hmm. hard work ethic mm -hmm. um they don't fear failure these are winners Winners don't fear failure. Okay. Or are able to stand up to failure. So are, are willing to accept the level of failure because you understand in order to succeed, you must fail. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not be so readily available because in many parts of my life, I feel like an absolute loser because the mm. only one that I bring to the table is hard work. <laughs> mm. Mm. I'm sure you're not alone because I've had moments even recently where I felt the same, like I am losing on every aspect except this one area. So keeping with the character trait of self-discipline, right? It got me thinking. At the highest levels of competition, let's use sports, for example. We know that there are some people right now, both past and present even, that we consider to be some of the most self-disciplined people on the planet especially to have achieved what they've achieved. I'll give you names like the MJ, Kobe, LeBron, Shaq, right? Just to use basketball, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these greats also competed against each other. And there was a winner and a loser. And so the question becomes, if we're talking about self-discipline, if Kobe lost to LeBron. Does that mean that Kobe was not as self-disciplined as LeBron? No, but it, it, it goes back to the accepting losses. Like just because you do all the things right. And, and you got to understand this, my friends, just because you do everything right. I'm going to tell you a little secret. You still might fail. You still might lose. You still, you still might, might catch it. Like, it still may not go your way. You know, it's just. The way the way the ball the ball crumbles. So it's it's the perspective of how you perceive the quote unquote loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what got me here today was that I was I think I was reading reading a book or listening to one of my audio books, and the statement that they made was winners and losers both have the same goals. Mm. Winners and losers both have the same goals. They just travel different journeys, travel different journeys and arrive at different destinations. Right. Somebody mm. got to win. Somebody got to lose. LeBron and Kobe, you telling me they didn't have the same goals when they faced each other. Mm-hmm. But somebody had to win the game and somebody had to lose the game. Right. Which meant to me, then we often say self-discipline is the deciding factor between winners and losers. And I now have a problem with that statement. Yeah. Because I say you can do everything right and still quote unquote lose, but did you lose? You know, you know what they say? Like you never lose if you learn. Mm-hmm. 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 Especially if you have the ability to go back and watch the film, both uh physically 100%. and metaphorically, right? 100%. But do you have even the courage to go back and exactly. watch, watch the film? Yeah. Basketball, I used to watch film religiously. Uh presentations and stuff not so much i have a hard time hearing myself or even going back and reading edited work by others that people edited my writing it's hard yeah yeah it it, it really is like the art of watching yourself and critiquing yourself seeing the mistakes that you might have made uh that's hard you have to learn um you have to develop a palette for that right and mm-hmm. understand the the purpose of what watching film does for you right playing it back so like taking it back to like a person's life at a very high level it got me thinking about well i know people are wondering well what are the key areas of anybody's life that they should be practicing self-discipline so i'm curious your thoughts high level what are the key areas of a person's life that they should be practicing self-discipline 
I think for me at this phase of life, in my opinion, the biggest thing that you can be self-disciplined about is consistency. Consistently, consistently doing the thing. And been reading The Power of Habit. And what they say, you don't fall, you, you, you fail basically because your systems are not in place. Yeah. And you eventually become what you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You eventually become what you do. So I think the number one thing, and this just might be Shane speaking for Shane, is that you have to focus on the consistency of whatever it is you do. Like if you are a weight trainer, consistently waking up at five o'clock to go get your work session in, consistently sticking to your routine, consistency, 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 because the small wins add up. The small wins, they, you know, it's compound, the compound effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. So what you're saying is an area to be, an area to practice self-discipline in is the area of practicing to enhance or improve performance. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, is performance and consistency the same thing? So I I guess... When I think about something tangible for people, like I think consistency is the product, the byproduct of doing X. You become consistent in an area because you did blank over and over. So you practiced it. You honed in on a craft. Consistency is a byproduct for me when I look at it. Or do you become successful at a thing because you consistently did it? Or did we just say the same thing? I think we're saying the same thing. It's just, again, perspective on how you see like, okay, consistency is a byproduct the same way that results are a byproduct of doing said action. So for me, I'm thinking about actions. All right. Consistency is a byproduct of what? Consistency is a byproduct of practicing a particular activity or effort to enhance something. I give you another example when we talk about areas uh diligently um, gaining knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? Having a habit of getting up in the morning and reading a book or listening to something that gives you, you can become consistent at it. The action though is gaining knowledge. What am I doing? Am I reading a book? Am I listening to a podcast? How am I digesting information? I actually view the opposite. Okay. I believe that the gaining knowledge is the end result of the consistency. Hmm. Hmm. So from a power of habit standpoint, the habit is the consistency piece. And if you do that, then on the other end is whatever your target is. Got it. Yeah. I see. I see. I see what yeah. you did there. But what, 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 what was what were you what was your point on performance? though? I'm interested. So. Whether you are working to become a better music producer, mm-hmm. you are practicing the techniques of your sport, your position. Uh, Ultimately, self-discipline, being self-disciplined, practicing self-discipline in those areas are going to put you in a better position and a higher probability of achieving your goals. Because if we go back in the beginning, I said winners and losers both got the same goals. Yeah. Right. And the problem statement is self-discipline is what separates winners from losers. And it's a problem statement for me, because if winners and losers got the same goal and they both are self-disciplined and both are practicing, honing in 
efforts to achieve a certain level of success and they both get to that level. Well, when those two people face off with each other, there still has to be a winner and a loser. Mm -hmm. Right. So at some point there has to be other factors that Mm -hmm. work in conjunction with self-discipline that determines winners and losers. Uh, sometimes somebody is just better, bro. Mm. Mm. Sometimes you a nine, but a nine ain't a ten. Mm. So you either got to go work at being a nine. I mean, excuse me, being a ten. Or you have to track your steps back and look at your process. Because sometimes mm-hmm. that nine can eat that ten. Mm-hmm. But if that nine's going to eat that ten, that nine has to be hitting on every level in order to jump that 10. So yeah. then it becomes, if you were nine day of 10, then it becomes about the process of that preparation. Y'all are both high, but if we going like this, somebody going to win. Correct. Correct. And that's where, when I was examining this, I said, there's got to be other areas where self-discipline matters. Here's the other two areas, managing okay. your time effectively. Yeah, and the, the, the process. What's the second that's one? The process. Decision making. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's managing good. your time effectively managing and your decision making and decision making, and that's that is so process. That is so. That is that is just so much a process. Like, what does your process look like? What does it? And so that's why I was like, okay, I understand now why it. That statement is a problem statement for me. Self-discipline is not the deciding factor. It's not the lone deciding factor between winners and losers. And here's and this is, again, coming from the book. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he said that self-discipline is not a sustainable thing. It is not. It's not. You can be sustainable. You can be self-disciplined like yesterday. This month, I'm trying to spend less money on fast food. I left work yesterday early. I wanted to stop and go get that rodeo cheeseburger from Burger King. I pushed through. I was self-disciplined. But that's only going to go but so far. You know, when them temptations hit. So, like, now, if we go back to the process, I legit may have to start leaving my debit cards at home. Mm. Mm. Because now you put you in risk. But that puts you in risk of no, 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 getting no, 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 into no. I, like bring like I have we have a couple we have a, a, a system so like I would keep the family card with me just in case gotcha. of an emergency gas but I don't spend that on fast food or frivolous things gotcha. you know what I'm saying that's strictly family gotcha. money so I, I may have to leave my play money card at the house you know and the only cards I travel with is my business card in case I need to get some for the business or my family card in case I need to get gas. I may need to take a different route to work. Yeah. Whereas yep. this I don't is, even pass that way. All right. So the point that you're making about you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems, right? Here's why I think the book Atomic Habits is a good follow-up to the power of habit. Atomic Habits talks about the cues that are in your environment that then trigger the response from you to seek a craving. So example, 
you dr- the path that you drive to work passes by that Burger King, right? Mm-hmm. The smell of those flame grilled bro- bur- burgers triggers you to want that burger that you say you're trying to avoid because you're trying to spend less money on fast food, right? So mm-hmm. again, you don't rise to the level of your goals because your goal is to not spend that money. You fall to the level of your systems and your system, your process for getting to and from work takes you past that. So your cues, you got to be able to reprogram your cues. What they say is in Atomic Habits, you have to make the cues visible that are aligned with the desired behaviors. You have to make them easy to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Conversely, if you want to avoid an existing habit or any habit that is associated with a bad behavior or outcome, you have to make that harder. You have to introduce difficulty. So example, if it is harder for you to get to Burger King, meaning it's on the other side of the street, opposite direction from where you're going, and you would have to go up three lights to make a U-turn to come back to that Burger King, you're less likely to do that, to come back to that Burger King, right? Yeah. So as you think about the power of habit and understanding habits and how it lines up with success, self-discipline, I would encourage you to switch after this to Atomic Habits to connect the dots on how now realizing what a habit loop is, how to reprogram it and design your environment in a way that you get the behaviors that you want. AKA I must have said the wrong title. I'm actually reading Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. You said the power of habits. So you're reading Atomic Habits. Perfect. I'm reading Atomic Habits. Yeah, I I skipped the process, I guess. (laughs) It's all right. It's all right. As long as you get both books, that's all that matters. Yeah. I'll add the power of habit to to the list, but I'm currently in Atomic Habits. Yeah. So power of habit is going to teach you habit loops. Gotcha. Atomic habits teach you the process of designing habits. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, um, yeah, yeah, that's good. I had a question for you. A two-parter. You know, you and I are pretty open and honest on our pod with our audience. We, we share examples from my own personal life. So what I'm curious to learn from you is share one example of when you were rewarded for your self-discipline, not necessarily by somebody else, but you were able to reap the benefits of being self-disciplined. And the other side of that is share an example of when you were quote unquote punished for your lack of self-discipline. How are we defining self-discipline? That's a great question. So self-discipline is one's ability to resist temptation uh, in the face of pursuing goals and desired outcomes. Uh, Self-discipline is the ability to remain consistent in working towards or progressing towards a desired outcome as okay. opposed to uh, not? Well, uh, so on a positive side where I was rewarded for self-discipline, yesterday um, I was teaching one of my courses, I teach a graduate course at Vandercook, and we were 
doing presentations of a of a book. So like the assigned text for the book, instead of everybody reading the whole book, these are graduate students. So what I did was I assigned each person a chapter and then you had to do a presentation. And there were about five presentations yesterday. And of the two people who mentioned the author of the chapter, I knew them and had a personal story about interactions with them. And one of them I had an interaction with that very day. They said, um, yeah, my chapter was by Sarah Goosh. I was like, I talked to Sarah this morning. But what it was was my self-discipline and commitment to growing in my field and my profession, going to conferences, writing, networking. It all came full circle. Like I almost borderline felt like a one of those name droppers. Oh, back in my day, I used to know or I know. But it, yeah. was, it was one of those weird things that I couldn't avoid it because one person I had talked to that day, the other person is kind of the reason why I got my doctorate degree. And I know both of these people. So it was it was yesterday was one of those moments where it was rewarding, where the discipline of just going through the motions, networking, getting out there, doing the work, it caught up. And then the other option, the other thing is where um, just every day when I see uh, ideas on the Internet that was in my mind and I didn't execute them. And it happens a lot. It happens a lot. You know, a good example was I first wanted to start a T-shirt business in 20. My first time thinking about it was 2011. And we we talked about it. You and I talked about it bouncing around. Well, I didn't actually get going until 2019. And although it started out as, and I'm going to say it the way I think it, it started out as my idea, you actually got to it first with hmm. the website and the equipment. I'm like, hmm. the F. <laughs> so, thanks for the inspiration. Yeah, yeah so it, it, a lot, that happens to me a lot, you know. And the only thing I can say is, you know, one, I got to get better at it, but I, I don't believe in mistakes. You know, I think everything happened for a reason. And the reason why this happened is because this just was supposed to happen and there was other stuff that was going on. So, um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, those are good examples. Uh, when self disciplined, um, benefited me the most uh immediately i go to you know my time as an athlete and training for sports right but i i'll switch and talk more about in my career in my craft uh my field uh when i first became a trainer having to facilitate classes i had never done that i never aspired to be a teacher um no desire to get up in front of people to be quite honest right but I knew that I wanted to be great at what I did. And so I started working on my craft as a presenter, understanding how to engage audience, how to deliver content, how to execute activities, how to uh, facilitate uh, uh, and deal with crowds, both, you know, people who are quieter and disengaged to the disruptor in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And so by working on that craft, Fast forward now, I'm reaping the benefits as a speaker that I haven't had formal training to be a keynote speaker. And people always ask me in a conference, man, you must have been doing this for years. And I'm like, nope, I just spent a few years honing in on my craft. I was self-disciplined that when I went into every class, I had the same regimen, same routine in terms of preparation. I, I knew my content. I made my notes. I linked stuff together. I thought about the audience experience. And now as a keynote speaker, 
I'm reaping those benefits. Mm. Where yeah. self-discipline or lack thereof probably hurt me is when I didn't finish my degree um, when I first went to college. Mm -hmm. I saw my self-discipline over those first four years deteriorating. And so what the result was, was by the time I got to my senior year, I didn't have enough of it to finish those last seven credits that I needed. After, mm. four, after four years, after all that schooling, after four years of being disciplined in sports and in college and studying, and I'm talking, I was a 4.0 student, right? Mm -hmm. I saw it slowly diminish every year I was in college those four years and didn't have enough of it to finish for seven credits. Seven mm. credits. So, yeah, I've seen I've seen both ends of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this, man. Let's let's wrap this up. We always like to check out footwork with what's going on with what we're doing. For our audience, footwork is our segment where you think about and share one step that you've taken in the past week or month to bring you closer to one of your goals. It could be big. It could be small, but one step you've taken. So, Doc, share with the people one step you've taken recently to get you one step closer to a goal. I might have said this last episode, but I'm just going to just repeat it. If I did, just keep swinging, dog. That's all I'm doing. Since June, presented at three conferences, two professional development, two guest lectures, been on three podcasts, and had one magazine interview. Just keep swinging, dog. <laughs> Just keep swinging, dog. So putting yourself out there, that's getting you closer to a goal? Yeah. How? What goal, I guess, then? I don't know yet. Visibility. I think one of, well, this summer, I established three goals. Um, passive income. Uh, building my professional profile and more time with my son. So I guess all of this exposure would be checking off goal number two, mm. a professional profile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had somebody say the other day, man, you're everywhere. I'm like, no, I'm not, but I am. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's, um, that's it, man. I'm just, I'm swinging dog. I'm swinging. I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute. Cause I got some bigger goals that I have to get to. Okay. That's going to have, that's going to require me to do more research Yeah, and be, behind the scenes a little bit more but right now i think i'm i'm swinging bro i got one or two more things in me two more things that i need to get done and then i'm going a bit underground that's what's up that's what's up yeah all right footwork i mentioned to you i think a little ways back that i was going to become an author at some point i want to write yeah, a yeah, book. yeah i have created my outline for my book and I have a couple of book title options uh, that I'm playing with. And I've already started working towards writing uh, the first chapter. What I am in the process of doing is taking your advice, which is designate a time to write every day and have a minimum word count number that you commit to. Mm -hmm. And so I had to first get other parts of my life in order to figure out, well, where's the space that I would be able to write consistently, right? That time block, use that time block for writing. And then what is the word count 
thereafter that I will commit to every time I sit down to write. So um, I'm actually proud, proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. And happy for you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I I was dodging it. I was, I had somebody pitch to me, well, let's co-author a book. And and in my mind, I went, oh, that'll be easy. I don't have to write the whole book. I just got to be responsible for a chapter. Well, guess what? That fell through. Those people decided, nah, we're not going to do a group book. So then the responsibility came back on me. And I'm like, you know what? You hiding from it. You Mm -hmm. hiding from it. You could easily get a book. Like I went to a conference. I went to my last conference. As a matter of fact, I got off stage and this woman came up to me and she said, I really enjoyed your keynote. I mean, you you were so engaged and it was amazing content and I want to learn more. What's the title of your book? I think you mentioned it and I didn't catch it. And I said, I don't have a book. I I, I don't have. She says, you don't have a book. She's like, why don't you have a book? You should have a book. Like, <laughs> in the audience. and it, it went from giving me praise and applause to reprimanding me Reprimand. for not having a book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, Ray, ain't, ain't nothing like IP, bro. Kid you not? I just while we were on this pod, I checked intellectual property. Yes, and shoot, I just checked my email this morning, and I got a book sale this morning. <laughs> Doesn't like it, bro. It was my idea first, and yet you got to it first. What was it? Because I mean, I mean, that's kind of essentially what the dissertation is. You know what I'm saying? So I and you know that that's a good point. And imagine a world, right? That's a very good point because I actually just said the same thing when you told me you were finishing the book because I had it's a project that I'm working on. Imagine a world where a person has no perspective of what's going on around them at all. And they're just given, let's just say, $100,000. You think that person is going to spend their time. That person has no point of reference of anything other than what they have. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. So I say that to say... We have to spend less time looking around at where others are, what others have. Comparison kills. Comparison. Oh, yeah. Let me write that down. Comparison kills. That is that is such a true statement. Like so if, if we would, if we would, you know, and and that goes back to uh the whole bread aisle conversation. Mm-hmm. I understand you can have one more brand of bread, man, but I'm starting to think right now. The money's in innovating, being first, <laughs> not ideally, next. Ideally, you want to be first. You want to be early to to the thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But what are the habits that you are self-disciplined in to promote innovation? Yeah, it, 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 uh, it all goes back to your process and your habits and your execution and your everything. Yeah, yeah. Bet. Let's get out of here, man. Quote of the week, quote of the day. Uh, credit this to my colleague. One of my colleagues, Dr. Tiffany Brewer, said this to me this week. Uh, she was sharing an example uh, from her life where a woman came up to her and an older woman said that, wow, um, you know, back in my day, what you just did wouldn't have happened. There would have been a different outcome. And she said that led her to this quote. It's dope to be a sign of hope. Mm. 
for the future. Mm. It's dope to be a sign of hope. Um, to give ourselves credit, to give ourselves grace. Um, I think that this quote is absolutely relevant because we are in our bubble sometimes, so focused on what we're doing. We try not to compare ourselves to others. But if we are going to look outside of our own little bubble and perspective, the thing to pay attention to is, am I a sign of hope for the future? Mm. Is what I'm doing a signal to the past that we can have a better tomorrow? Am I a signal to the future as to what's possible for them when mm. they cross the bridge? So it's dope to be a sign of hope. And I hope that our actions, our audience, our conversations that we have are a sign of hope. 100%. 100%. Before we before we vamp out, question. Your Go shirt says created with a purpose. What's the difference between created with a purpose and created with purpose? Um, the word, the one single word, the one single letter, A, is the difference maker for me. Uh, my wife actually came up with this design. My entire family, uh, her kids, we all got a uh, uh, hoodie, different color with the same quote, created with a purpose. The A part is a signal to you weren't just created with general purpose. You were created with a specific purpose, a specific mm. purpose based on your unique gifts, talents, abilities. Example, we have a T-shirt business, but all of us have different talents and play different roles within that business. I'm the external sales and marketing. I'm that that guy. My wife is more of the operations behind the scenes, technical support. My daughter is graphic design, uh, advertising. My son is web design, user experience. We all were created with a purpose to fulfill that purpose of our T-shirt business. Man. And I ask that because of I've been using the hashtag on my TikTok at Creating Hustle 1440, and I've been using created with purpose. And I think for me, a lot of people don't understand that they are uniquely and purposefully made. Yeah. Like you, like just the, the intentionality of how you were created. It was very intentional. So I, I just found that interesting. It was just, I mean, we're using the same thing, different play on words. And I, I just found it interesting. Yeah, Absolutely. At the end of the day, I hope that our audience also sees themselves as being uniquely created with purpose and has yeah. a specific purpose. Or a purpose, yeah. 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 <laughs> with <Absolutely>. and for. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As always, we appreciate you for rocking with us, Purpose Addicts. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, share the show, go tell some people about us, man. Dope content, authentic conversation, two friends who seemingly took separate paths, found themselves at the same place addicted to pursuing their purpose as always go live life on purpose i'm coach as doc think a lot we of out. times everybody's not going to understand your vision your walk your purpose your desires your dreams your goals and they don't have to because i'm gonna tell you a secret everybody ready it's yours it don't belong to them it ain't it ain't it ain't they teeth to brush ain't they armpits to put deodorant on it's yours this message is for anyone who is not answering the calling on their life. 
I want you to take note of something. That one thing, that one talent, that one gift you have, that idea that could give birth to a solution that possibly brings harmony to the world will never get the chance to breathe life if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. That's right, I said, if you continue to let fear kidnap you from your future. Too many times we settle for good things when we can have God things. And purpose is a God-given gift. Not everybody fulfills their purpose. Not everybody discovers it. Not everybody walks in it. But if you're willing to give up the good things to get to the God things, well, baby, I promise you purpose, that's for you. Failure is a part of success. I heard that somewhere. I didn't make that one. Failure is a part of success. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You could try 10 times and you may not get it to your ninth, but what if that ninth try or that 10th try is the one that gets you that million? Instead of looking at what we have on the inside and utilizing our tools, we always look in other places and try to pull in there and pull from there when most of the time it's right here inside. There are no problems. There's only solutions. Let's, let's just be in a habit of fixing things or finding a way out. My favorite quote that I learned is that fear does not stop death, it stops life. It stops us from living. And I need you. We all need you to live. Will you do it?